41, the moon is full. You make love very well. You touch me like I touch myself. I like you, mademoiselle. There's nothing I would rather do. They move around just like this. But do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Do I have to dance all night? Hello, and welcome back to Eleni and Coco, the Leonard Cohen podcast. I'm your host, Ned. And I'm your host, Kinley. Thank you for joining us today. (laughs) We're going to have a great time today. Yeah. I hope. We're talking about uh, 1979's recent songs. Yes, a seemingly... No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't even know if I want to roll with that joke. We're off to a great start here. I was going to make a joke about how we're back to the songs era. Well, yeah. It's a title. Yeah. That they're... It's words that go on the front of the picture. They are words that are technically relevant to what we are hearing. Yeah, it's it's not a um, strong sense of confidence that we're getting uh, just right off the bat. Uh Uh-huh. It's. Did you hear about the new Mac DeMarco release? Oh, I sure did. That could have been called Recent Songs. What was it called? So they're not even songs, I guess. Yeah. What was? I don't know what it's called. Yeah, me neither. It's called lots and lots of music. Might as well have Mac been. DeMarco. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, Canadian musician Mac DeMarco recently released a 199 track album that just seems to be um, every idea he had for a song that never made it into being a song yeah was my read on that anyhow we've got recent songs by leonard cohen and uh i mean it's too bad but uh this is the only album this whole time so far where when doing the preparation (laughs) listening for this podcast after like one or two times i'm like Ugh. Oh. I have to start it again. Interesting. So that's where I'm coming from. <laughs> yeah, I sort of know what you mean. I don't know if I feel like exactly the same way, because certainly for me on the first listen, it felt like a relief mm. coming off the heels of Death of a Ladies Man. I was like, okay, we we got a chance to like kind of breathe again and be back to a sound that's somewhat familiar, but also is like um, bringing a little bit new. But yeah, I think um, revisiting it doesn't necessarily, um, with a couple of exceptions, uh, hit the hit the same way and necessarily really keeps like inviting you back. Yeah, he was definitely um, consciously reversing course from Death of a Lady's Man. Uh huh. And I think he probably needed to do that for himself. For sure. Uh, But I think just possibly he went too far but we'll discuss that as we go through the songs yeah let's get into it well not yet (laughs) Uh, yeah i don't have a lot to say really okay um about the lead up to this okay um death of a ladies man came out response was kind of hard to read there was like 
Some people weirdly liked it quite a bit. Right. Lots of people didn't. Mm. No one really knew what to make of it. It didn't do very well. Um, around this time, Leonard finalized his split from Suzanne, the mother of his children. Mm-hmm. They actually went through a so-called divorce, even though they were never married. Right. Um, she took the kids to Europe, which she apparently found pretty difficult to deal with. Mm. He had decided he did want to be a father after all and felt right. sad about that. Right. And his mother died oh. around this time too. He was always very close with his mother. Mm. This I think was a tough blow. Uh, around this time he gets more into Zen Buddhism. He's hanging out with his friend and mentor Roshi all the time. He calls the monastery on Mount Baldy a hospital for the brokenhearted. But okay. all the while, he insists that he's still a Jew. I like this. He says, I'm not changing religions. I have a perfectly good one already. <laughs> so it's time to make a new album. He thinks about working with John Lissauer again, the producer from New Skin for the Old Ceremony right. and the abandoned songs for Rebecca. But Leonard's in LA, Lissauer's in New York. It's not going to work. Mm. So Joni Mitchell introduces him to her producer, Henry Louis. Oh. And they hit it off. They're happy. Oh, and what, uh, what did he produce? Because um, I know last time we were talking a little about Court and Spark. Was he, did he produce that one? I believe he must have. Okay. Um, that makes sense, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I actually don't know Court and Spark very well. That's okay. a bit of a blind spot for me. That, that was very much like an album I grew up with. It's one of my mom's favorites, so I know it, I know nice. it quite well. Yeah. Um, there's tons of different musicians on this one. Jennifer Warren's the backup singer mm-hmm. who Bob Johnston had hired back in 1972 mm. is here not only singing, but arranging the backup vocalists, which include oh. for the first and not the last time a woman named Sharon Robinson. Uh-huh. Joni Mitchell's touring band Passenger is playing on some of the tracks. Oh. And probably most importantly, Oud player John Bilizikian and violinist Rafi Hakopian are on this album. Mm. Uh, an oud is like a. Yeah, I, I don't was, know if it's an gonna, oud. Is it? It might be an oud. I should have looked that up. But I don't. I'm not I sure. don't. What is it? It's like a Middle Eastern mandolin, kind of. Oh, okay. This these last two were at least partly because when Leonard played "Death of a Ladies Man" for his mother, she asked him why he didn't make any of the kind of music that they used to sing together when he was a child, which were like these old Russian and Jewish folk songs. Oh. And he said of this album. I'd always wanted to combine those Middle Eastern or Eastern European sounds with the rhythmic possibilities of a five or six piece jazz band or rock and roll rhythm section. Hmm. Sort of funny that he should mention a rock and roll rhythm section in the context of this album, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, <laughs> and then finally, he also finds a mariachi band yes. playing at a Mexican restaurant near the studio. Yeah. And brings them in. We definitely get a taste of mariachi. And all that gets thrown into the pot. Well, I don't know. That's the wrong metaphor. They're actually kept quite separate from song to song. Mm, some songs yes. are passenger. Some songs are mariachi band. Some songs are oud and violin uh-huh. central. Right. But yeah, you keep them all in their separate little piles and then you get recent songs. Yeah. Don't mix them up in a pot. And as always, we've got the record here. Uh-huh. Can't believe I spent money on this record. No, Damn. no, I'm just kidding. Oh my God. That's, a, that's, that's too far, I'm sorry. <laughs> Much like Leonard Cohen bringing back his sound, you went too far. Oh. <laughs> so we've got an uh, illustration of Leonard Cohen. Yeah. 
He's looking pretty intense. Mm-hmm. I love his hair. Yeah. Thick. Yeah, it looks very, it's, it's very, is it paint? It's, it's, I think so. It is depicted very well through whatever medium it is. I, I got the impression it was painted. Yeah. So we'll stick with that. But yeah, it looks very, <laughs> uh, the hair looks very good. Yeah. Um, his eyes are uh, in- interesting shade, almost gray green. Let me take a, let me take a closer look at this. Sort of like a. A rock type of color. Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, Not yeah. Not like rock music, like the geological uh-huh. phenomenon. And this one, the, 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 his right eye, our left, his right, seems to be a little uh, mm-hmm. maybe grayer or lighter. Oh, I thought you were going to say a little uh, off center. Well, that too. Unlike the other one. Yes. And there's a little hummingbird mm-hmm. on his shoulder or near his shoulder. That's nice. Yeah. The, I. No, yes, go on. Uh, I was just going to mention the font. It's like a weird sort of uh, bubbly, rounded font. Uh-huh. It's okay. I don't love it. Mm-hmm. A bit unserious, I think. Yeah. When you start getting into rounded edges, and this isn't really the album for an unserious font. Yeah, you know, when um, when listening to this the uh, on my on my phone, the, the image was pretty small, so I actually didn't realize it was rounded. But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Because I was going to say, I actually think there's a... I really like this um, cover. I think it's striking, but I would say that the, yeah, that the font is uh, a point off. But otherwise, I do like this. Yeah, I mostly like it. The background is a um, not a particularly striking color mm. to me, but maybe that fits the music. Yeah. It's not bad. It's not a bad color. Yeah. No, no color is a bad color. No. Um, it's nice. It's just, yeah, it's not the... Uh, the most eye-grabbing blue you could imagine there. That's true. But it's kind of like a a twilight sky kind of blue, so mm-hmm. that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. And the back's just a little hummingbird on that same blue. Yep. It's, it's fine. Yeah. yeah. You'll <laughs> notice uh, produced by Leonard Cohen and Henry Louis is the credit. Leonard yeah. Cohen getting into the producer's chair a little yeah, bit. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, do, do you know the extent of his role in, in this? Not really. Okay. Um, I imagine it pertains more to the arrangement of songs than the, right. you know, technological aspect, but I could be wrong. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think he just uh, had such a bad experience working with Phil Spector on Death of a Ladies Man. Yeah. He's just like, fuck it. I'll do it myself. Yeah. He needed a little taste of uh, control over his own material. And so let's see how he does. Yeah, let's. Let's get into it. First song on side A is called The Guests. Uh Uh-huh. It's almost seven minutes long. Yeah, it is. Yeah, long, long start to the album. And it's uh, fine. Yeah. Yeah. In In a way, as an idea, I like that this starts off the album. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. I think that's going to be the theme. There's a lot of <laughs> cases where I like this in, in theory or on paper. That's so true. And it just doesn't quite uh, cohere. Yeah. And this is one of them. I would say mostly lyrically, that's my feeling about it. The music of it is is what I would describe as as fine. Wait, so you're saying the lyrics are good, but the music's just fine? I don't know if I'd say the lyrics are good, but I think the lyrics... Um, I, I like the, the, the lyrics sort of thematically as an opening to an album yeah is more what i mean i agree i i just don't think they're done all that well yeah fair let let me try to explain please um so yeah this song 
uh, is about guests coming to a place. And you might think then that every verse would have a little uh, flair of like character or a situation that's occurring at this party or whatever. We're yeah. At. Uh, but they really don't. They're super abstract. Yeah. It's and really vague. vague. Yeah. Um, there isn't really anything to grab onto. Mm-hmm. I find. And it just uh, repeats the chorus so many times because yeah, the verses is... are really short. Yeah. And the chorus is nice. I like it a lot. But, I do too. But wow, it just keeps coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because the, comparably, I think of um, uh, in terms of the chorus that reoccurs as much as this is is so long, Marianne. Mm. But that's an example where it's like, I don't know, you really have to make sure your chorus can be heard over and over. Whereas like this, as you said, I do think this is a nice chorus, but does it have the power of being replayed how many times in the song? Maybe six or seven? At least, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I'm not so not so sure about that. Yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, as an idea, it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I was reminded of... There's a book. It's a sort of like a writing how-to book or a writing advice book by Anne Lamott called Bird by Bird. Oh, yeah. And in it, she says, It is one of the greatest feelings known to humans, the feeling of being the host of hosting people, of being the person to whom they come for food and drink and company. This is what the writer has to offer. And that always stuck with me. I thought that was a really interesting way of looking at uh, a writer's job. Yeah, that's great. And I, I, that just kept coming into my mind with this song. I have no idea if Leonard saw that as part of his metaphor here. Yeah. But I think it really works to read it that way. Yeah, that's so true. It's not so fun when the bass starts farting oh and it's like the in the second to last verse yeah when it's like this when those who dance begin to dance those who weep begin just gross it's it well because i remember um my first couple times hearing it it was almost I had the feeling like is is like this is it like glitching or is like something <laughs> wrong with my headphones that's like popping? No. Yeah, no, it's 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 yeah, it's not a great not a great sound. Well, the song's so like uh smooth and it like glides along. Yeah, it doesn't belong. Yeah, it's a very strange choice. Yeah. And just to Oh, you know what it is? The bass player just got bored. Yeah. <laughs> it's like <laughs> chorus number 6. We're like let's five br- minutes in. It's like, okay, we got to do something, man. Let's switch this shit up. Yeah. Uh, I was I was wondering about a lyric because I was reading it on Genius. Mm-hmm. Um, For those who dance, begin to dance. Those who weep, begin. Those who are earnestly lost are lost and lost, begin. Those are the lyrics on Genius. But I was trying to listen to it because I thought maybe it was... Uh, those who are earnestly lost are lost and lost again. It does say again on the uh, lyrics sheet. Well, then there you have it, which makes more sense because I didn't know what and lost begin meant. Yeah. <laughs> so genius get, genius, get your shit together. Yeah. This song has five contributors and not one of them looked at the lyrics. <laughs> I got to I, I gotta start being a contributor on genius. My God. Yeah. Gotta pick up the slack over here. Well, I guess that's that song. I guessed that's the song. Oh. Oh. 
yeah uh do you want to move on yeah um, to humbled in love yes i had thought going in that this one was my i remembered this being my favorite song uh-huh on here uh-huh uh unfortunately that's not quite true okay because i don't like the verses really much okay. at all however this is such a good chorus. I love this chorus. This is so let me say it. This is my favorite song on the album. Um yeah, the chorus is so and I do think the chorus is really what takes it yeah. as high as it is. It's so good. It yeah. It's yeah. like uh I love the backing vocal, the male backing vocal. That's oh just, my god. I'm bold in love. <laughs> Cut down <laughs> your love. Yeah. And just those pauses between the lines. Love yeah. a pause. I'm I'm always so here musically for a pause. Well, yeah, because the the instruments are pretty sparse in the chorus. Yeah, it's mostly the the vocals that carry it through. It's yeah. very cool. Yeah, and just a, a an interesting uh, set of lyrics too. Absolutely, and like uh, more concrete and tangible. Than most of the lyrics on this album, I would say. Uh-huh. There's like, uh, I mean, humbled in love is an abstract idea, but then immediately we're shown exactly what it means. Yes. Cut down. You're kneeling in the mud. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, this is this is real stuff here. For sure. I I mean, I, I, I know you remarked on the lyrics of the verses and how you're not crazy about those. I, I think they're I think they're good. For me, um the the question I have is there's a sort of like through line between the first verse and the second verse. I don't really know like exactly what it is that ties the third verse with the rest of it. That's what I'm curious about. You know, I um, couldn't even really tell you. Okay. I, it wasn't the lyrics I was uh, objecting to in the verses. Oh, um, so okay. Much as just the, uh, the sound and the construction of them. Oh, okay. Um, somehow, especially on the vinyl, it seemed like a really bad mix or something it really just terrible but i also just don't really like his uh vocal style oh. on the verses all that much at least the way it mixes with the music mm. i don't know i was thinking and many places in this album it's funny how on death of a ladies man the music was so extreme and over the top that yeah. the lyrics get lost in it even when you know what they are they still just kind of dissolve into the song yeah for sure and I find sometimes on this album, it actually achieves the same effect coming from the totally the opposite place. Yeah, I can see that. Where just like I can't focus on the lyrics sometimes just because it's so um, unpassionate. That's what it is. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't know what happened. <laughs> he, he's like, I think he's trying so hard to be calm after mm -hmm. Death of a Ladies Man. Yeah. That it just ends up sounding bored almost and just mm. like disinterested mm. and disconnected often. Mm. And a lot of the lyrics are lyrics that are tending toward that anyway, I think. Yeah. Um, they're not very specific and concrete and everything. Yeah. So I don't know. It just all kind of works together to make me not so interested. That makes sense. This is also a song that uh, features Passenger. And oh, okay. It's kind of a more of a straight ahead rhythmically and sonically, I yeah. guess. I yeah. don't know. I don't have much to say about Passenger, I don't think. Okay. Not even a... Well, I was going to say not even a real band. That's not fair. But like they, <laughs> they don't have like... A, it's not like Kaleidoscope on Songs of Leonard Cohen. 
there isn't like passenger albums you can go look up it seems they don't oh. even, there's not even a wikipedia page i don't really know oh okay i don't know what the deal was really oh maybe they're just like a live band interesting but uh guess we'll move on yeah sure the third song is called the window mm-hmm. what do you what do you think of this one i have a note in here that says i do like this song and there's a little smiley face <laughs> oh good <laughs> okay cool um this is uh fairly similar to the guests sonically yeah i think it works a little better there's more lines that leap out to me uh-huh as being good lines there are any of them actually <laughs> right uh, unlike the guests um there's fewer repetitions of the chorus yeah that's yeah that's okay <laughs> that's about it but uh, it works for me yeah cool i i really yeah i really love uh the chorus of this one i think the the lyrics are are really striking oh chosen love oh frozen love oh tangle of matter and ghost oh darling of angels demons and saints and the whole broken-hearted host gentle this soul mm-hmm. and just on the first and third chorus specifically that bass is going off oh the bass rules it's in song. so good yeah oh man uh yeah we'll put a little piece of that in because it's 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 so good oh chosen love Oh, frozen love, oh, tangle of matter and ghosts, oh, darling of angels, demons and saints, and the whole broken heart. Yeah, on the, on the chorus, um, oh, chosen love, oh, frozen love. I didn't really know what to make of that. Frozen love, specifically. Mm. Yeah, I mean... Uh just makes me think of maybe love that's uh, stuck in place. Mm. Um, jumping ahead a little bit, there's a song on here, The Traitor, that deals with uh, pretending to love when you no longer feel it. Yeah. Uh, so this might be getting at a, a similar sort of idea, maybe. I see. I love the tangle of matter and ghost. Is me too. Tangle's a very good word to use there. Yeah, I love uh, that. It's it's interesting to try to picture how matter and ghosts can get tangled together. Mm-hmm, for sure. Um, yeah, this is a really good chorus with many interesting words. I hear gentle and gentle the soul as a verb, which is cool. Um, oh, isn't it? I mean, it, how could it be anything but a verb? I guess, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just think it's nice. You don't yeah. you don't hear gentle as a verb. No, well, it's often enough. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. And yeah, there's just lots of great lines. I don't have much to necessarily say about them, but uh, the thorn of the night in your bosom and the spear of the age in your side mm. uh, leaps out to me and a rose on its ladder of thorns. Yeah. And uh, the last lines of the last verse are really just the, the last verse. Then lay your rose on the fire, the fire give up to the sun. The sun give over to splendor in the arms of the high holy one. For the holy one dreams of a letter, dreams of a letter's death. Oh, bless the continuous stutter of the word being made into flesh. Yeah, wow. Yeah, this is like, uh, I said I didn't really have much to add because in this case, I I can't really add to this one. This is almost like um, when we talked about Song of Isaac way back. Mm-hmm. We talked about the like religious art 
and getting at this uh, thing that's too much to comprehend. Yeah. And all you can do is sort of evoke it. And then obviously, if all the artist has done is evoke it, then what are we supposed to, we can't like analyze it really further. for sure. But yeah. I get that same kind of feeling here of just like something so large is happening. Yeah. Oh, bless the continuous stutter of the word being made into flesh is just like that sort of like sneaks in like behind my brain. That's you know, cool. It's just uh, speak to my soul. Yeah, I think I'm glad you said that because I think that's uh, lyrically the way I feel about most of this song is that I didn't have a lot of notes for this one, not because I didn't think there was anything worth to say, but I just didn't know what I wanted to say about it. I, I didn't necessarily have a meaning or interpretation attached to, especially like the verse lyrics. Um, but I think you make a, a, a good point with that. Do you remember um, Robert Christgau? Uh, uh, the no. rock critic that makes the little tiny reviews. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he says of this album, irony or no irony, rages of fragrance and rags of remorse sound suspiciously like bad poetry, even when they're sung. And that's not how it's supposed to work. Okay. And I don't necessarily I disagree that those lines are not the best here. Right. But it seems a bit unfair to yeah. single them out I in a song that has so many other great lines. Yeah, that's true. And And also, I wasn't even that... I kind of like those lines, honestly. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. It definitely reminds me of the Bob Dylan song, Rags of Remorse. Take that rag away from your face. Now ain't the time for your tears. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I know that one. Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll. Hmm. Good song. Cool. He rhymes table with itself three times in that song. Only, only <laughs> he. Uh, came so far for beauty. Yes. We're coming so far for beauty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So some of these songs on here were first worked on by Leonard Cohen and John Lissauer together uh -huh. for the Songs of Rebecca album. Oh, okay. This was one of them. Um, he's actually playing keyboard here and is credited with co-production, which for a second made me wonder if this was like an old recording from those sessions oh. if, since he was in New York yeah. and not LA. But I, I don't think that's what happened. I think he must have just come in for a little bit okay and played with them um i haven't seen any evidence that this is an old recording but anyway that's john lissauer playing keyboard and john miller on bass they're sounding great yeah and honestly leonard's crushing this song oh my god i i am here for the jazz cohen yeah this yeah. is like uh yeah full-on lounge singer yeah leonard cohen and uh it works I think better than anyone would have expected. And I, I, I mean, I made a note that his his voice marries really beautifully with jazz piano. When he uh, goes up and hits the higher notes there, it's like something's really happening here. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I like this one very much. I would say this is this is I did remark humbled in love was my favorite. I think this is my close second. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, this one's really beautiful. Yeah, I sort of picture um, a lounge singer who's not singing to a packed room, but it's like at the very end of the night and there's just like some lonely drunks hanging around. Oh my God. Who yeah. have nothing better to do. And he's just like telling his story. Yeah. This is of course an alternate world where people with Leonard Cohen's voice are lounge singers, but yeah, exactly. that's the world I want to live in. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. The lyrics are pretty good. Yep. 
I don't know if I really have anything yeah, to I, add. I, I don't think there is really a lot more to add. I, the, the only other thing I had to say, you sort of said it, is just like, I think this song feels very like effectively lonely, mm-hmm. which is, I think, what they were going for. Yeah. And so that paid off very nicely. Yeah, I mean, for, for me not having much more to say, I don't want that to be misinterpreted as like, that I think the song isn't like worth talking about. I just, yeah, for whatever reason, it's, I think there's one that just like stands on its own, speaks for itself. I don't know how Ned feels about it, but that's certainly, that's certainly my feeling. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah. there are lines here that sort of stand out to me. Uh-huh. But again, this song seems so, um, so self-contained. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel able to like reach in and pluck out a line and like talk about it on its own really. Uh-huh. Cause it just, I don't think it's going to work outside the song. Even if I just like read one of these lines, I don't think it's going to do that much for anybody. Right. But if you haven't listened to this song yet and you're listening to this podcast for some reason, go and listen to the song. Cause Leonard Cohen against all the odds really sells all these lines in this, uh, jazzy torch song absolutely okay well we're almost at the end of side a we're breezing right through this one yeah we sure are uh this one's called the lost canadian or un-canadian errant (laughs) flawless pronunciation (laughs) again (laughs) fantastic idea on Uh paper mixing a canadian folk song with a mariachi backing band sung by this uh, sort of cosmopolitan, international kind of guy. Love it <laughs> on paper. Uh-huh. And I don't know, am I just like being like a shitty Anglo if I'm not interested in it? <laughs> this song's in French. Uh, yes. Um, entirely. Yeah. Which, um, so, I mean, it's just kind of hard for us to judge, I guess. For <laughs> sure. But, uh, listen, Ned, if you're a shitty Anglo, I'm right there with you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- this for me was the, the epitome of what you're describing. The, uh, the good on paper, but just not paying off. Yeah. There's just, I, I don't really have a lot to grip onto with this for me listening to the song and especially, you know, sitting down with the lyrics, knowing, um, it's, it's, uh, his, cause this is one he did not write. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a poem about the, uh, lower Canada rebellion, which is not uh, a piece of Canadian history I know a lot about. So when I hear this song, I'm just like kind of interested in the history more so than the song itself. Oh yeah. No, I, I only <laughs> want to talk about extraneous matters to okay, this song basically. Great. Um, other than to say that I do kind of like, uh, the way it changes from the intro to the verse when it just like really like opens itself up. And quiets down and oh yeah slows down and then there's like this weird like halting kind of rhythm yes that part's cool sure then Leonard starts singing mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah uh yeah it's it's really too bad the only energetic song on here is one i don't understand yeah um but that's okay well maybe it's not but anyway <laughs> yeah no it's really cool that there just aren't that many folk songs about a specifically Canadian experience. Yeah. First of all. Yeah. So that's really cool to yes. have one. Yeah. This is about people who fought on the wrong side of that rebellion and then had to leave to America. 
Mm-hmm. So this, this song is from the point of view of one of those people who is missing their home. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, exile missing their home, pretty standard folk song material. Mm-hmm. But I've never heard one about a Canadian other than this. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is cool. There's a translation on the lyric sheet here by a woman named Edith Fulton Falk. Okay. Her name is spelled F-O-W-K-E. It could be folk, but that's like too, that's too good. <laughs> so <Yeah. laughs> I'm going to assume it's Falk. I don't okay. know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but she's a really interesting person. Oh. She was a Canadian song catcher. What's that? Well, just someone who goes around looking for uh, and collecting old folk songs. Oh, cool. Traditional songs. There's a movie called Songcatcher, which is uh, not a great movie, but okay. a very interesting movie that has been pretty much forgotten. Yeah. But doesn't deserve to be quite forgotten. Oh, okay. It, it's This is a total tangent, but yeah. it's, um, it's from 2002. It's by a female director. I can't remember her name, but it's about a woman who comes from England to go find songs in the Appalachian Mountains in oh. the U.S. in like the 1800s. Cool. And she just uh, meets lots of people, hears a lot of songs. It's really interesting. The music is beautiful. Yeah. Except that the movie didn't have the guts to just play the whole song mm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. This is such a a bugabear with me. (laughs) Um, I hate when movies have a great song and don't play the whole thing, but still it's cool. Maybe even better. The soundtrack. Okay. Maybe you don't even need to watch the movie. Just listen to the soundtrack. Good to know this, the song catcher soundtrack. Yeah. All right. Check it out. Uh, anyway, Edith Falk is a song catcher, but a Canadian one. She would wander Canada, especially Ontario, looking for local traditional music, mm-hmm. which she found lots of, often in my hometown of Peterborough, Ontario, oh. and surrounding area. And she just seems really lovely. Uh, when asked why she devoted her life to this, she said, I'm an ordinary person, and what ordinary people do is important. Oh. Um, and there's just, uh, yeah, there's, I think um, it's called Canadian Folkways. They have lots of music that cool. is available on your local streaming service. Uh, it's just collections of, you know, there's like Ontario folk songs, there's maritime folk songs, there's like lumbermen folk songs. Yeah. There's all kinds. And I mean, you know, you got to dig a little bit. Not every song is a, a killer. Sure. But it's fascinating. Historical documents. Yeah. I, I would really recommend checking it out. Yeah, um, at the very least. I can, I can even post some links in the show notes. Oh, very good. Um, because we might as well get something out of this song. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, to be, to you know, just because I, I feel we need to talk about the song a little, I, I did want to remark on what is truly my only note about this song, which is that um, I, I love the horn section before the um, before the last verse in particular. Mm. There's that instrumental break where the horns come in. They do a little, they do their little thing. And I think <laughs> I'm putting this in a really condescending way, but I, but I mean it. I think it's really great. Yeah. It's a good mariachi band for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Cause like, even with the translation, the song doesn't really come to life for me. Yeah, I mean, maybe I don't, it would if I was hearing it sung in English, but yeah, I, I don't know how close that translation is to the one that they have on um, on Genius, which is the only one that I've 
red. Um, I mean, it's uh, the same meaning, but okay, pretty, pretty different words. Okay, better. Do you think, or is it <laughs> this one's probably better? Let's let's compare a little bit. Okay. Um, here on Genius, first verse, we've got a wandering Canadian banned from his hearths, traveled while crying in foreign lands. I'll do two verses. One day, sad and pensive, sitting by the flowing waters to the fleeing current, he addressed these words. Okay. Edith Falk's translation. Once a Canadian lad, exiled from hearth and home, wandered alone and sad through alien lands unknown. Down by a rushing stream, thoughtful and sad one day, he watched the water pass, and to it he did say. Oh, that's way better. Way better, yeah. Way better. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, good. I'm glad to... Glad you gave us a taste of that. Do you want me to just read the rest of it? There's yeah, only two might more verses. Might as well. If you should reach my land, my most unhappy land, please speak to all my friends so they will understand. Tell them how much I wish that I could be once more in my beloved land that I will see no more. Wow. Yeah. Glad we have the liner notes translations. Yeah. There's also, uh, there's even a little video. Um of Leonard Cohen listening to the song back and translating it live, which uh, oh. maybe I'll post on the Instagram. Maybe cool. uh, it's from a 1980 documentary, which we might watch. We might talk about. Okay. We haven't quite decided yet, but there's some clips from it on YouTube that are very worth watching if you're curious. Nice. But that's side one. Yeah. Side A. We're through. We've heard the recent songs, some yeah. of them. Yeah. And we have said. Okay. <laughs> that is Thanks. That is about the size of it. Yeah. Let's see what happens on side B. Yeah. Let's. See you next time. See you next time, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Do I have to dance all night? Do I have to dance all night? Who tell me bird of paradise? Good night, friends. Thank you very much.